Zero Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Week 17 is done. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, who would have thought that we would have made it to this point? Most people, most people, but uh, it was not a fun Sunday for a lot of us. When I say a lot of us, I mean half of us. And when I say half of us, I mean me. It was... Sad, awful, disgusting display of football that the Dolphins put on. Uh, And we will talk about that game very quickly. But my New Year's Eve, uh, pretty, pretty relaxing other than watching that Dolphins game. But hung out, cleaned a little bit, made a nice dinner, did some resolutions. And one of my resolutions for 2024 this year... Stop betting the Dolphins. It pains me every time it happens where I'm like, I got the bias, the inherent bias in me that all fans have that our team is just better than what we think that they are, and the Dolphins are still a good team, don't get that wrong, but it's just the added implication of just every time I bet on the Dolphins, it's usually not in my favor, and I just, let's let's get away from, it already hurts me when they lose, me losing a bet on top of that doesn't help too, so one of the resolutions for 2024, stop betting on the Dolphins, I think we can do that, um, yeah, this episode though, uh, obviously going to recap all of the Week 17 matches, matchups, and a little bit of an NFL weekly update to start off, and I guess let's just get into that right now, starting off with uh, former Vikings and now Jets running back Dalvin Cook has been released from the team, Uh, I guess he's looking to sign elsewhere, don't know where he would go, another bad move by Joe Douglas uh, this past offseason to bringing real no help to the offense whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, Dalvin Cook has just not looked like the Dalvin Cook that we saw when he wore those purple uniforms back in Minnesota. Uh, who knows where he goes? I mean, he's going to go to a contender. Maybe he goes back with one of his old offensive coordinators and Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Maybe he finally goes back home to Miami like he wanted to all along, now that our RB room's a little bit banged up. But uh Yeah, this is why running backs are the dime a dozen. These Dalvin Cook, I think, had like he definitely had more than a thousand rushing yards last year, and then this year he looks like he shouldn't even be an NFL back. Um, Just watching those college football playoff games last night too, where you see a guy like Blake Corum on Michigan who's very, very good, and he's going to be yeah, you can draft him in the third round probably, get him for four years, and then you just move on, dump him with the next team. Uh, running back position is a weird one, but uh, Dalvin Cook is now available for some team if they want to make a playoff run. Um, and my last note here before we get to the uh, Week 17 recap is the Pro Bowl voting system in general. So obviously there's a massive fan vote and how it works is you go through and, oh, okay, you pick four quarterbacks, you pick four running backs, eight wide receivers, so on and so forth. Uh, 
My issue with the voting system, though, is... And this is also a shot at Madden, too, where I don't know how they haven't figured out, instead of just doing defensive tackle, uh, left end, right end, outside linebacker, just do edge and interior defensive lineman. Um, There's no reason why I should be voting for TJ Watt in the same category as... uh, a Foyside, a Luakun, or uh, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa. Those guys don't play the same position. It should be edge rushers, and it should be off ball linebackers, middle linebackers, like whatever. But having having guys, and it's a still like, and it's the same thing. You have Christian Wilkins being paired up with a guy like Miles Garrett on the same thing, where they don't play the same position, and same with like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is a interior defensive lineman, but he's listed as an end, and it just shouldn't be that way. And I don't know why Madden hasn't changed that with its rosters and its depth charts either. Because every time I want to do a fantasy draft on Madden, it's always change the positions, got to move. Because I don't want Christian Wilkins and Chris Jones being my edge players. Obviously, I want them in the middle where they're, they're at, where they're at their best. And yeah, I don't want TJ Watt being a coverage linebacker for me. I want him rushing the pa- rushing the passer. Uh, so yeah, just kind of a tick of mine. Not a tick, but like, I don't know. It's it's always bugged me why they haven't done that and why Madden hasn't switched. But why would Madden switch over if the official NFL Pro Bowl vote still has them as very separate positions? Uh doesn't make a lot of sense because it is all scheme dependent, but you know, it should just be interior defensive linemen, uh, edge players, and then off ball linebackers. Shouldn't be that hard. Apparently, it is. Um, yeah, I guess let's get right into the uh, week 17 recap now. Uh, we didn't have a Monday night game. No more Monday night games, so we will go all the way back. Well, I guess technically the Monday night game was the Saturday night game. But we'll talk about that second. Um, One more thing, though. With the schedule that happened here, I think that there was 10 1 o'clock games and 3 afternoon games. I don't know why. That's just way too much football to have on it, like, one time at, like, 10 games just at the 1 o'clock slate. Only 3 in that second window. I don't know why they wouldn't stagger them more. They did stagger them more for next weekend. I think uh, when I look at next weekend's window here, we got two Saturday games and then one, two, three, f- oh, shit. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six one o'clock games. One, two, three, four, five, six. And seven four o'clock games. So they really flipped it up or switched it up on that one. But um, yeah, wasn't a huge fan of the schedule, but let's get. All the way back, Thursday night football. Uh, I was dead wrong about this one. Jets 20, Browns 37. I thought Joe Flacco can't have like four good, good, great games in a row. Um, He did. Browns 37. I think I said Jets 20 already, but Joe Flacco has been on one ever since he got up his got off his couch and... Made his way to Cleveland. He's been on a tear. Another 300-yard passing game for him. Uh, 19 for 29, 309 yards, three passing touchdown, one interception. And this was a game without Amari Cooper, too. And that's why I was like, no Amari Cooper. They're playing this really good Jets defense. And this Jets defense completely folded uh, for really the first time this season. 
Uh, but it was all Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, I think, now has the most passing yards through his first five games as a Cleveland Brown than anyone in the history of their franchise. Um, which is one of those things where it's like, oh, wow, great for Joe Flacco. That's fantastic. But also one of those things where the Browns franchise has just been so, so, so bad over the last ever um, that Joe Flacco can come in again off his couch and be one of their best quarterbacks in franchise history. Um, That's just kind of where the Browns are at this point. Uh, I think a couple people on the Browns have locked up their uh, specific rewards. I think Kevin Stefanski has definitely earned coach of the year. Um, I mean, for just how injured this Browns team has been, how injured the, uh, their quarterback room has been, but Kevin Stefanski doesn't win this award unless Joe Flacco, who has been the best quarterback the Browns have had in a lot in a while, maybe ever, if we're being honest, which is fucking sad. But uh yeah, Joe Flacco was is the savior of this team so far. I'm still waiting for him to have a regression because I don't think that he's that twenty twelve Joe Flacco that went on that Ravens run, but watch out for the Browns. I they're good. Their defense is very good. They are seemingly fine. Doesn't really matter. Um, Jets, on the other hand, the offense like wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. But again, it's what can Brees Hall, what can Garrett Wilson, what, what can they do? And if they don't do enough, and that's it. And I think the total for this game was set at 37.5, and, and the Browns hit that. Actually, no, the total for this game was 33.5, and, and I think the Browns, well, the Browns beat that by himself, but I think the that over was hit at half uh, quite easily. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know where, I don't think I have to really spend much time on the Jets if we're being completely honest. I should probably bring up my notes to see if I have... Uh, Oh yeah, just one one more thing about Joe Flacco until we move on to uh, the next game up here. Uh, Joe Flacco now has 13 touchdowns on the season. Uh, that is more than the Panthers, Titans, and Jets. Um, sad. Very, very sad for those other teams. That Joe Flacco, five games in, he has more touchdowns than those three teams do uh, for their entire season so far, so... Way to go, Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, this Browns team's on a heater right now. Just some teams get to run into them the wrong way. I don't know what they're really playing for next week. Um, I guess I could check what their matchup is next week. Browns and the Bengals play. The Bengals are officially out. I guess the Browns are just kind of playing for seeding at this point, so... They might sit, guys. They might not. Uh, Who knows? We can move on. Uh, Saturday night game, which was technically the Monday night game, but uh, Lions 19, Cowboys 20. And we'll just start it off with how this game ended with the two-point debacle to end this game with referee Brad Allen essentially making the Lions lose. Um, So Dan Campbell, very, very pissed off at the end of the game, but he said that he specifically went up to Brad Allen, the head ref, and the ref and crew to be like, this is the play that I have down. We're going to run it at some point. And he was aware that we are going to try to deceive the other team and make it look like 
this guy is being the one getting the uh, – he's an eligible man to catch the ball, basically. I forget what the actual term's called. but So Taylor Decker and I think Penesuel go over, and Taylor Decker's like, I'm, I'm checking in. I, I can catch a ball on this play. And then in comes another tackle for them, Dan Skipper, running over, doesn't really say, doesn't get close to Brad Allen, the head ref, but then runs away, lines up, play goes off, boom, flag gets thrown, where apparently uh, Brad Allen at the end of the game said that Dan Skipper was the one who said that he reported and not Taylor Decker, when in the video evidence it was very, very clear which one was reporting and which one didn't. Uh, And really just a classic case of... Uh, the referee not fully paying attention and just kind of seeing one guy running away and being like, ah, that's the guy. Um, and it completely screwed the Lions. Um, it sucks. This game, now that we know that the Eagles lost, would have meant uh, potential two-seed implications, I think, for the uh, Lions. Kind of happy that they might not get the two-seed now because I want them to play the Rams. Uh just for Goff or Stafford things, but um, yeah, the refs too many times this season have gotten in the way and done things like that where it's just like, do your job, pay attention, because that should have been a very, very easy thing to get. I also don't know why offensive linemen have to report in. To me, like, if you're not in the formation, the defensive guy should be able to see that clearly. They're not in the formation. They're eligible on this play. Uh but that would just be another helpful rule to the offense, and we'll get into some of that stuff in a bit too. But uh, yeah, that two-point play, so uh, flags called, and Dan Campbell being pissed off. He's like, I'm still going for two. They go for two at the seven. Uh, I think a false start then by... There was pass interference. Either way, there was a penalty call on the Cowboys. Uh, so the Lions have a chance again, third time to go for two. And then Jared Goff throws the ball short, plays dead, Cowboys win. Um, yeah, the Lions kind of got fucked. The Cowboys shouldn't have won this game. Uh, shouldn't have won this game almost because of that big dumb bozo Mike McCarthy. Doesn't matter in the end because they did win the game. But these are the games. We're getting close to playoffs now. We're, we're in the new year where big dumb bozo Mike McCarthy where he's just... He's standing there for too long. He's tired, mentally tired, and he makes he makes just small small time management mistakes where he gave the Lions way more clock than they should have at the end of that game. Uh, where he burns a timeout where let's say if the Lions would have hit that two point conversion, you have one of the best kickers in the NFL right now with Brandon Aubrey, who apparently his range is seventy yards. Obviously that's an NFL record, but if you would have got the ball with 25 seconds left, let's say the Lions do get that two-point conversion, you have two timeouts, 25 seconds. I believe that your offense and Dak Prescott could get the ball in field goal range for Brandon Aubrey in that amount of time. Uh, But either way, the decision doesn't bite him in the ass, but this is why I worry about the Cowboys. I've always talked about how I like their roster and how their roster is talented, but... The man making the decisions at the end of the day is not a very smart one. And that's why I can't trust the Cowboys fully. Um, Yeah, and since I just talked about Brandon Aubrey a little bit here, uh, he has now made 34 straight kicks. 
uh, field goals, to be frank, not frank, I don't know, to be clear, I guess, uh, not just 34 kicks. Feel It should should have been clear why I feel this. Either way, I don't know why I'm talking. Um, yeah, the record is 37, so he has a chance to uh, make some history in the next couple games here. Uh, fingers crossed for him. Um, and yeah, big, big uh, performance in this one from... C.D. Lamb, he ends up breaking the uh, the Cowboys' single-season receiving and receptions yard, both held by Michael Irving in this one. But he had a massive game, 13 catches, 227 yards, one TD, and also should have had another TD if it weren't for the worst rule in football, putting that in air quotes for the people not watching on video. But... Um, Yeah, it was the classic C.D. Lamb running, fumbles before he gets into the end zone, ball goes out the back of the end zone, uh, defensive ball, Lions ball. And, of course, all of the the big, I won't even say the aggregator accounts, but they were part of it too. I have all of them muted at this point, as you should too. But all the aggregator accounts and all the accounts like Ari Mayrov and Bleacher Report and CBS were all, oh, the worst rule in football, um... The, these are the rules that the defense needs because the defense can't do anything anymore, whether it be hitting the quarterback, trying to defy physics while tackling the quarter, quarterback and then like roll so you don't land on them. You can't hit a guy above the shoulders. You can't hit him below the knee. Now they want to ban hip uh, hip drop tackles. Uh, and this is just another one where this is this is a rule that actually helps the defense. The... End zone is not like the rest of the field, where if the ball goes out of bounds, you get the ball at that mark or where you lost the ball, whatever. It's it's the end zone. If, you, if you're if you on offense, you step out the back, you get tackled in the end zone. It's a safety. It's not like, oh, let's reset. If you lose the ball in the opposing team's end zone, it should be their ball. It's, I'm very okay with that rule. Obviously, it sucks for fantasy and a bunch of other reasons and gambling reasons, but just from a pure football this is good. This is good for the game. And hold on to the ball. You want to score a touchdown? It should mean more. You shouldn't get, oh, I fumbled at the three. It went out of the back at the end zone. Let's try again. No, you should lose the ball. You should not have a chance to get the ball back. Um, yeah. Did Michael Parsons do anything in this one? He had five tackles, one assist. Either way, I think that, and I should have talked about this in the Browns one, but I think that uh, this is Miles Garrett's uh, award to lose now. Fine with me. I bet Garrett and I bet Stefanski a couple weeks ago at those awards when they still had plus odds. So um, I will take it. Uh, on the other side, though, Lions obviously feel like they got screwed. Uh I would not want to be the team who the Lions are playing this week. I don't think that they want to bench anyone. They play the Vikings. Uh, This could be a very pissed-off Lions team. And a very pissed-off Lions team just going forward. Uh, Obviously, they're trying to get healthier here. I think Sam Williams is close to be back. I'm waiting for C.J. Gardner-Johnson to get back uh, to give them some boost. But uh, the Lions are good, and they proved... This was kind of like the Dallas and uh, the Dallas and Miami game uh, over Christmas there, where these were just two good teams playing uh, 
where now that we've seen what the Ravens did the Dolphins, I think that firmly the Cowboys, Dolphins, Lions, all in that same tier right now. Um, and we can move on and we can talk about that Dolphins-Ravens game here. Uh, Dolphins 19, Ravens 56. Uh, congratulations, Lamar Jackson, on uh, locking up your second MVP which I think that that just gets him into the Hall of Fame. If you look at the guys with multiple MVPs, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but like Brady, Peyton Manning, Rodgers, Mahomes, I think Kurt Warner, like Montana. Like it's it's very few quarterbacks and people who have won multiple multiple MVPs. Lamar puts himself on that list now. And he was absolutely... Fantastic. Uh, 18 for 21, so three incompletions, 321 yards, five passing touchdowns. He had more passing touchdowns than incompletions. Was only sacked one time, added 35 rushes on, or added 35 yards rushing on the ground. Uh, the Ravens just killed us. They killed us. Uh, and also to mention, Lamar had a perfect passer rating. His third of his career tied for the most all-time with... Guys, like I mentioned, with Manning and uh, Brady, I think Kurt Warner, I think Big Ben was on that list. But again, very, very good all-Hall of Fame quarterbacks have that. Uh, Tyler Huntley also had a perfect passer rating with his one-for-one uh, for one, for one touchdown there. Uh, but yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens are really fucking good. The Ravens are very good. Their offense looked unstoppable. Our defense also just played like complete shit. That's the worst I've seen them since Ramsey came back. But uh, OBJ said that this is the best team that he has been a part of. And that Rams team that he won the Super Bowl on was a very, very good team too. But it seems like the offense is really gelling and really coming together. Uh, First-year offensive coordinator Todd Munkin is doing doing his thing and all of the receivers are playing their part now uh zay flowers three catches 106 yards one td he had that long 75 yard touchdown uh justice hill had five catches for 64 yards he's a running back though uh rashad bateman four for 54 isaiah likely two for 42 and two touchdowns obj had a really nice uh catch for 33 yards and it's they got they got everyone going and they're going to get Mark Andrews back and that could be enough of like a lift for them on that offense to really kind of take them over the top and their defense is just as good. Now I won't say that Miami's offense played like bad. We played fine, we played good enough. There was opportunities missed and we'll talk about them. But this was also a Ravens defense that was missing Kyle Hamilton, that was missing Brandon Stevens. I think Marlon Humphrey left this game and didn't come back. That's three major contributors in their secondary. And Miami couldn't fucking do anything. And Miami looked good relatively for the first half. And then Mike McDonald, their, the young defense coordinator then, who should be getting uh, head coaching looks uh, in this cycle. But he, um, but yeah, the Ravens went in at half. They came out at half. Their defense completely shut us down. Like, we couldn't do anything, really. Uh, but yeah, the Ravens, 
they whooped us. The Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they go. They've locked up the one seed. They don't got to play anyone next week. Um, us, on the other hand, what a bad game. And I forgot how much like a Dolphins game can put me in a bad mood like that because say what you want about our other losses this year. Um, the first Bills loss, I was drunk at a bar in Montreal. So, like, whatever, didn't matter. The food was good in front of me. The drinks were flowing. Could drink the sorrows away. It's all good. Uh, that Eagles game, you can look at the refs and being like, that was also ref by Brad Allen. That, so... Uh, but yeah, the penalties were like 12 to 1 against Miami. Uh, and there was a couple of the Chiefs game where it's like Tyreek had that massive fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Where it's like all of this is like there's things to point and there's things to blame and whatever. The Titans won an- another debacle, but I didn't get to watch most of that one, fortunately for myself. But this game was just from the very start, we looked completely outclassed. I mean, we drove down the field to start the game was boom, seven, nothing. What a start. And we had the Ravens on that their very first series. They were third and 16 and they scramble for a first down. And then like we had our opportunities and our defense was just not there the entire game. Uh, Xavier Howard left with an injury. He is now week to week. This is his last year as a Dolphin. I He has been great for us. He has been fantastic over, but he's done. He's not a very good product anymore. Uh, he's making way too much money. I think this is his last year as a Dolphin. Um, and, all, and all of this would have been fine. I would have been okay with whatever. We got our doors blown off. The defense played terribly. But I, like, there was stuff on offense where I can be like, ah, wasn't that bad. Was it bad? Yes. Tua's interceptions were not good, especially finally looks like we have a little momentum going our way. We force a fumble, get it back, and then two on the very next play, interception. That was another thing going into half there uh, where we could have let it go to the two-minute two, two minute warning, but no, we rush up to the line to try to get a playoff, and then Tua throws an interception there. Uh, and a lot of it's 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 growing pains, and it's... <sighs> I, ah, this sucks. It's, it's one of those things where, and I think I said this a couple weeks ago too, where I now know what Tua's limitations are. Um, He's not a game changer at quarterback. Not a lot of guys are in the league right now, uh, in my opinion. Right now, I'd only put three guys there who are game changers. If you want me to list them off, it's, Pat Mahomes, it's Lamar Jackson, it's Josh Allen. That's it. Everyone else, I I have my concerns, to say the least. Not concerns, but but I think Tua is firmly a top 10 quarterback. Or he is in that range. And that's fine. You can win a Super Bowl with a guy like that. And I think the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl with Tua. The, just the team and the system and things need to be right around him where... I think a guy like Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, those guys are the reason you win. Where I don't think Tua is the reason we fully win games. I think we're a very good team around him. 
Uh, and unfortunately, right now, we're just getting hurt at the worst times. Uh, worst times. Uh, and yeah, to top it all off, we were getting blown out late in the game. Dolphins, the starters should have been pulled. And Bradley Chubb goes and tears his ACL. Where I think if Bradley Chubb is fine, the defense remains relatively intact. Uh, we'd be okay. But now I don't have a lot of faith now that we've lost both of our starting edge rushers. Andrew Van Ginkle's been good, but now we need old-ass Melvin Ingram, old-ass Emmanuel Ogba to really step up. Hopefully Christian Wilkins also hits another level that we haven't seen for a while. But um, I'm I'm pissed off at Mike McDaniel for that one. And he said after the game where he's like, the guys wanted to play, and I wish I had a time machine to change it. But this is this is also kind of my issue with Mike McDaniel is I he is a player's coach and everyone loves him. And but there's tough like stuff like that where you have to make the hard decision to be like, no, I'm taking you guys out of the game because things like this can happen. And I think he now knows and he knows that to take guys out when they're getting blown out and it's for no reason, but. Just an awful way, awful way to end that game. And that, yeah, <sighs> was awful, 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 awful. Um, Yeah, and we got the Bills next week where uh, I'll talk about that game more in a bit and the outcome overall for the Bills, but let's keep moving, though. Uh, Tennessee Titans 3, Texans 26, C.J. Stroud is back. Um and just when the Texans needed them, because now they are fighting for their playoff lives against the Colts next week on Saturday Night Football. Uh, Stroud came back, continued to do his thing, was 24 of 32, 213 yards and a passing touchdown. Uh, Nico Collins, seven catches, 80 yards. Devin Singletary averaged five on the ground, 80 yards total. Um, Yeah, the Texans were just... Good, solid, um, and they're they're a team that I don't think I'm scared to play in the playoffs. Uh, but if you were to tell me, okay, you get to pick between the Jags, the Colts, the Steelers, or the Texans, I think the Texans are the last team I pick out of those those teams that I could play. Um, so yeah, the Texans did what they needed to do against the Titans. Uh, uh, and yeah, I think last thing about the Texans that I want to talk about is Will Anderson, another two sacks uh, on the day. I think that making it nine for him on the season it might be seven, uh, which I, he broke whatever that number was, is he now has the most sacks as a rookie in Texans franchise history. Whoopsie do. Um, but I'm just more confused of why Jalen Carter is like the runaway favorite right now for defensive player of the year or defensive rookie of the year. Uh, Carter's minus a thousand. I think Anderson's plus 400. Uh, I think Anderson has been making much more of an impact the second half of the season. Carter's obviously been good, but he's also playing on this extremely talented uh, Eagles front seven here that led the league in sacks. So of course that he's getting his numbers. Uh, but yeah, I'm just kind of like, why isn't Will Anderson more in it? Uh, I think Will Anderson's definitely making a huge impact for this Texans team. Uh, 
yeah, Titans on the other hand, Will Anderson smoked Will Levis. Will Levis left the game with an injury, but uh, this is just kind of it. This is, they know that they're folding. They know that they're done. Uh, yeah, Tannehill also got smacked around. He was sacked five times, but Derrick Henry couldn't really rush the ball well. I don't know. I don't think I have to spend a lot of time on the Titans. Uh, Mike Vrabel's contract is apparently up with them, though. Obviously, the Titans would love to keep him, but I think that a certain man up in New England can make a pretty pretty lucrative offer that he might not be able to turn down. Uh, let's keep going, though, here. Uh, next game up, Patriots at Bills. This is just, it was the most Bills 2023 game ever where the game starts off with a Jalen Rager 97-yard kick return. Uh, and then Josh Allen didn't have a completed pass until like a quarter and a half through the game and interceptions and fumbles. And somehow the Bills... Somehow the Bills won the game when Josh Allen was 15 for 30, 169 yards and an interception. Uh, But that just shows you how bad the Patriots' offense did play. Um, But talking about the Bills, though, a little bit more, it's, again, I said it on the Friday show where this is classic Bills. They play down to their opponent, and they're just lucky that their opponent was that much worse than they were uh and now in the most fitting bills way this coming sunday sunday night football uh they will rather play for the division uh if they win or if they lose they could be completely out of the playoffs and we will be able to figure out those scenarios uh by the time we kick off but basically if the jags win and the steelers win um the Bills are win or go home, which is hilarious to me. Uh, it would be absolutely nuts to see the Bills not make the playoffs, but we have the Jags versus the Titans, and we have the Steelers versus the Ravens team that is has nothing to play for at this point. So uh, we will see. I would love nothing more for the Dolphins to send the Bills home packing. Uh don't have a lot of faith after this week, obviously, but um, yeah, one of the biggest trades that the Bills made this year was for cornerback Rasul Douglas. He had two interceptions and a pick six in this one. Uh, Might have been nice for the Packers to keep someone like that and maybe, maybe trade away their own own head case in a man named Jair Alexander, but uh, that's beside the point, though. Uh Yeah, I just, this Bills, it's what they've done all year. It's what they've done all year. Uh, But they need a big game to finish off to secure their playoffs and potentially be the two seed at the end of the day. So none of it really fucking matters. Um, Patriots, on the other hand, I mean, Bailey Zappi was absolutely terrible. Three interceptions on the day. Uh, Yeah, you're lucky your defense is... So fucking good, if we're being honest. And this is a Patriots team now with this loss and 
with all the other crap that's happening there, picking third overall. And I have been adamant on saying where I don't care where the Patriots are picking in the first round. I think they have the green light to go after one of these quarterbacks regardless. And it all depends on what the Bears are going to do. And we'll talk about the Bears very shortly here. Uh, But... I think the Patriots are going to go after one of these quarterbacks, whether it be Caleb Williams or Drake May. Their defense is still going to be very good next year, especially with getting Gonzo and Jude on back. Uh, If they make a change at the coaching, then everything's kind of thrown out the window here. But uh, the Patriots have a chance to right the ship and right the ship very, very quickly. And we'll see if they can do it. Um... Yeah, I don't have to spend much time on them, so we will keep going here. Uh, did I have anything to... No, not nothing else to add. Uh, next game up, Rams 26, Giants 25. This was surprisingly one of the best games of the week. Uh, yeah, the Rams, not their best performance, not Matt Stafford's best performance with his two interceptions on the day, but uh, the offense still looked good and did enough for them to win. Uh, Kyron Williams, three TDs on the ground, averaged uh, 4.4 rush, 87 yards. Puka Nakua, 118 yards. Demarcus Robinson, 92 yards. The Chiefs could use a guy like Demarcus Robinson, don't you think? Uh, Tyler Higby, six catches, 62 yards. Cooper Cup, the lone touchdown score through the air. Um, Did they miss extra points then? Yeah, fucking... Lucas Haversilk missed two extra points. Bum. Um, Yeah, so the Rams did what they needed to. They won. I think that they've secured their spot now. Maybe I'm wrong here. It would be nice if I could actually see who's clinched up what, but uh, let me see. Okay. I think the Rams have clinched up a spot. I'm not certain, but I think that they did enough. Uh, yeah, Giants on the other side, though. Uh, it was almost a great comeback story up until Mason Crossbar, Mason Crosby, also old man, just got off his couch. Uh, he missed the game winner. I honestly don't know how... how long that field goal was. I will go check that out. But yeah, they almost had it. And a reason why they were so close to Mason Crosby missed a 54-yarder. Okay, 54 yards isn't that bad. But if you had a NFL kicker, then maybe they should have either either way. I'm not going to disparage Mason Crosby for that performance. But uh, yeah, Tyrod Taylor came in. He was like, I can still play in this league. Uh, 27 of 41, 319 yards, passing touchdown, interception, also added 40 yards rushing. Uh, and this is honestly a game that they should have won. There was a couple drops, a couple by Saquon Barkley that could have moved them in the field goal range or moved them into the red zone where they messed up and things go awry for them. But, uh, if you're an NFL team, you want a backup like Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor is one of the best backups in the NFL where you can actually feel comfortable him being your backup, and if your starter gets hurt, being like, I can still win some games here. I can still win some games. 
I think guys in that category with him are Gardner Minshew, who's obviously leading the Colts on a potential playoff run. Um, Jacoby Brissett, when he has played for the Commanders, he's looked good. Uh, other backups, other backups. There's a lot of backups playing right now, that's for damn sure, but not a lot of great ones. I guess we can talk Mason Rudolph, but he just stole Kenny Pickett's job. But uh, yeah, happy Tyrod Taylor is going to be around in the league because he is fun to watch. He's a dynamic quarterback. Uh, and he's not one of these backups who come in and just kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, who just kind of come in and just kind of like, I'm going to play the safest, boring way to play the quarterback position just to make sure that my team doesn't lose, where Tyrod's going to make sure that you have a chance to win. And that's what I would want in a backup quarterback is a guy that trusts himself enough where he knows he's going to make a couple mistakes, but he will have enough big boom plays where uh, it matters. Uh, I also remember I read a stat where Tyrod Taylor has more big-time throws than Daniel Jones does in his Giants career, and Tyrod Taylor's played like five games for the Giants, and Daniel Jones has obviously been here since 2019. Um, Yeah, time to move on from Daniel Jones, New York, and... I think that they might... <coughs> oh my god, I am so sorry. Talking about football makes me want to sneeze. Um, we will keep going, though. Uh, next game up, 49ers 27, Commanders 10. Really not much to talk about in this one. The Niners went into Washington, did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, Brock Purdy looked like Brock Purdy again. 22 of 28, 230 yards, two passing touchdowns. Uh, Christian McCaffrey left the game with a calf strain. Uh, he is obviously sitting out in this one because with the Eagles lost, the uh, the 49ers clinched up the one seed. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had a big game, 114 yards, one TD. It was just, I mean, it was all Niners. It was all Niners. Uh, Sam Howell continued to not look great. Um, yeah, I've been saying it for a couple weeks now where if you're the commanders, Sam Howell has done enough over these last two months of the seasons to be like, yeah, we've seen enough. We don't want to put you, uh, we don't want to give you a chance to be the future of this franchise and we will draft whatever quarterback comes to them. Cause right now the top three order is the bears, the commanders, and then the Patriots. So the commanders will get whatever quarterback, uh, Whoever picks first overall chooses not to take. Um, and I think that they're okay with that. I think that they're okay with Drake May as a consolation prize. Um, yeah. Uh, the Yeah. The, the, we'll move on. Uh, next game up here. Cardinals 35, Eagles 31. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about the winning team. We'll talk about the Cardinals. Uh, somehow... Somehow they won this, and this was a game where going into half, it was 21-3, 21-6 for the Eagles, and then that second half, uh, Kyler Murray, three touchdown passes, and they they crushed them. They came out in the second half and made the adjustments and blew them away. Jonathan Gannon, obviously former Philly defensive coordinator, was like, I was the guy that made that defense work last year because 
That Eagles defense has been very, very suspect. But Kyler, 25 of 31, 232 yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception. Also added 24 rushes on the ground. Uh, James Conner, 26 rushes, 128 yards. Michael Carter, also seven rushes for 61 yards. Uh, Yeah, like big ups to the Cardinals for winning this one. And I know that this was a game that ever since... uh, Jonathan Gannon got hired to the Cardinals, that he had this circled on his calendar, that he wants to win this one. This one means something more, and I'm sure he got his guys fired up and pumped up about it, and the fact that they had that big of a second-half comeback is huge, and that's a big team-builder for a team like the Cardinals, where the fucking Eagles on the other side, where it's this should have been a layup of a game, this should have been, okay, we're feeling good, and now they're 1-4 and in their last five, and are limping into the playoffs right now um so yeah big I mean just huge shout out to the Cardinals they they needed that one in a very 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 bad way uh and yeah I guess we can move over to the Eagles uh so to no one's surprise when the Eagles not even moved on from former defense I could see still the defense coordinator they oh my god still the defensive coordinator there Sean Desai but uh yeah no one's shocked you bring in Matt Patricia to become the defensive play caller and all of a sudden the defense takes more steps back uh I was reading on Twitter that apparently the Cardinals noticed uh that when they'd get in a certain formation that they were playing that when they'd go spread and they'd go hurry up, that Hassan Reddick, the leading Eagles pass rusher, uh, wasn't lining up. He was lining up in pass coverage sets whenever they'd keep going into this one spread formation. And if they would go hurry up, that it was always Reddick dropping off in the coverage. And then they just picked them apart because they weren't worried about Reddick as a pass rusher. And I, yeah. Uh... This this is just, I don't know, it's a very badly limping Eagles team right now that can't give anyone any kind of confidence. Uh, and you look at, I mean, Jonathan Gannon just beat the Eagles, but if you look at their other coordinator from last year, Shane Steichen, who's one of the uh, Coach of the Year candidates right now, Sirianni is a head coaching merchant. Uh And that's kind of who he is. He's a guy who all hire the good coordinators, all build the team culture, and all. And there's a lot of coaches like that. That's a Dan Campbell. That's a Mike Tomlin. That's a John Harbaugh. Guys who don't really control one side of the ball, but just, I'm the head coach. I'm the glue that makes everything go. I don't know if Nick Sirianni is one of that guy, one of those guys. I think that he was lucky with the hires that he did make, and having two internal hires wasn't the right move for them apparently and they are uh they are paying for it right now uh and yeah I think my last Eagles stat here is Eagles the only team in the last 35 years to start 10 10 and 1 and finish with five plus losses on the season um not good for the Eagles and I don't know where they go from here they finish off the Giants next week you should be able to beat the Giants but I give them no credit anymore. I 
I give them no credit. I don't have any faith in them to do anything good anymore. Uh, we'll keep going here. Uh, Saints 23, Buccaneers 13, giving the Saints life for the NFC South division. Uh, Bucks 8-8, eight and eight, Saints 8-8. Eight and eight. I guess we will see what happens. I think the Falcons still have an outside chance if the Falcons win... And the Bucks lose to the Panthers, but the Bucks aren't going to lose to the Panthers, so who who cares? Um, but yeah, the Saints played their first good football in what feels like forever, and I don't think I mentioned it on Friday's show, but when talking with Keeg and talking with Cam, where this felt like a huge trap line, where, oh, the Bucks is such an easy bet, the Bucks are the way better team, and here come the Saints playing relatively okay football but it was the defense in this one that really came to play uh couple interceptions couple forced fumbles and the way that the bucks started the started the game here uh punt interception punt 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 fumble punt interception uh they kind of came back towards the end but it was all for naught uh yeah, I guess we'll see what NFC South team makes the playoffs. I'm happy that two aren't going to make the playoffs because that just would have been awful to watch. Um, yeah, Jawan Johnson, their tight end, had a big game. Eight catches, 90 yards, and TD. Um, yeah, the Saints were just the better team in this one. Baker, yeah, Baker had not a very good game, but still, like, okay. 22 of 33, 309 yards, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, yeah, the Bucks were just not the better team in this one, and I think that they went into this one being like, uh, we've got this a little bit overconfident maybe, but the Bucks are... The Bucks aren't a good team. I think we can all agree on that. The Bucks are an average team, but... I don't like I could see the Bucks winning a playoff game potentially, but it's like if a team like the Bucks plays to their top potential, it's like could they beat a team like I think that right now they'll line up to play the Eagles right now in the playoffs. It's like if the Bucks play their A game and the Eagles just kind of play like the Eagles have been playing, I can see the Bucks win. Um but if the Buccaneers play their like C plus game, they're getting whooped. Uh there's no real margin for them as a team. It's they're rather on and they're like a fine, good team or they're off and they're bad. Uh, and yeah, I guess we'll see how this division gets wrapped up here. I think it is going to be the Bucks. Uh, I mean, if the Saints beat the Falcons, it's their division. But because right, I just checked that the, the Bucks are or the Saints. Oh, no, the Bucks are still winning that division. So if the Bucks. Hold on, I'm trying to go. Yes, yeah, so if the Bucks win, they win the division. If the Bucks lose, Bucks control their own destiny. That's the only thing that matters. Uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Panthers nothing. Jags twenty six. Uh, yeah, the Jags even with C.J. Beathard in, uh, did enough because the Panthers fucking stink. Uh. Travis Etienne was the offense in this one. 
Uh, he had 102 yards in this one and two touchdowns. Um, Calvin Ridley has more than... Yep, Calvin Ridley hit his mark that I needed to have for him on the season. That is fantastic. But, um, yeah, the Jags now play the Titans to secure their playoff uh, hopes. Because I think if I look in the... Wild card for that one. They're still winning the division, but Colts nine and seven, Texans nine and seven. They play each other. I don't think the Jags are in, but I don't know how they lose or how they don't make it, and I'm not smart enough to figure out those scenarios right now. Um. Either way, the Jags obviously hope that they win. Hopefully that it's just done with. Uh, yeah, nothing real really to say about in this one. And I got nothing really to say about the Panthers in general other than they're not good. Uh, Adam Thielen, 1,000 yards, 100 catches. Good job for you, old man. Uh, proving some people wrong. Proving me wrong. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, the only thing that I really have to add is, so yeah, since Dan Snyder has been ousted from the league, David Tepper has come in and filled his shoes wonderfully, uh, and like, that's not saying like, David Tepper is a bad owner, but like, Dan Snyder did some truly bad shit, um, but yeah, David Tepper, if you don't know, bought the Panthers a few years ago, and is one of these classic billionaire, oh, I've only made money and only done well everywhere I go. So he likes to come in and micromanage, where if you're an owner of an NFL team, you should not be micromanaging. You should be paying the people to do what they're meant to do, and you just take a step back and just rake in the gravy, whatever. But uh, yeah, there was reports of him giving play calls to the offensive coordinator and him being like, watching film and being like, I don't like that. Why is he doing that? Uh, to changing the entire defensive schemes when Ron Rivera was the head coach. Uh, he's been a nut ever since he's gone there, and most of us as football fans would do the exact same thing. But he took it a step too far this past week uh, as they're getting shut out by a Jags team and their backup quarterback uh, in his one of his luxury suites. I guess some fans were probably heckling him, getting under his skin, and he threw a drink on them. Uh NFL hasn't said anything about it. The Panthers haven't said anything about it. But this just unacceptable behavior, especially from the owner of one of these teams in the league where you're throwing your drink on a fan. Uh, regardless, I don't care what they're saying to you. That's just something that you cannot do as an owner of one of these franchises. Uh, and yeah, I I feel bad for Panthers fans because you get a new owner and he has all this money and you're like, good. And he wants to win. He clearly wants to win, but he's getting in his own way instead of just paying the people who he's paying to do these jobs. But no, he loves to micromanage, get his hands in every single where, and it would be a nightmare to be in his organization right now. I think there's a reason why Ben Johnson's asking $15 million from the Panthers for him to coach there, because I wouldn't want to coach there either. Uh... We can move on, though. Falcon 17, Bears 37. Uh, yeah, the Bears... <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, the Bears have a decision to make here. Now, with that Panthers loss, 
Uh, they have officially locked up the first overall selection, but Justin Fields is making it hard on them. Uh, he was 20 of 32 in this one, 268 yards, a passing touchdown, also added 45 yards rushing in a TD. Uh, so yeah, they have a decision to make, rather, to keep Justin Fields, trade number one, try to get a couple first-round picks back, maybe still get Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors or Romo Dunes. It's, yeah, a lot of good receivers in this draft, I can tell you that. But um, Or you stay at one, trade Justin Fields for a second or something like that, uh, and you get that five years of a new quarterback on that rookie deal then, and you really try to build the roster up around him. Because the roster is pretty good right now, I will say that. Um, but yeah, it is wild that this is where the Bears are right now. And they can, that's the thing, they're at the spot where it would be classic Bears if they were to go to be like, okay, we're going to trade Justin Fields away to somewhere, and then Justin Fields goes on Pro Bowl quarterback, top 10 quarterback in the league, has a very, very good career, and whoever they pick at one, Williams, Drake May, uh, just stinks, busts out, whatever, while Fields goes on to have a good quarterback. But on the other side there, if they stick with Fields, get some picks, gets a wide receiver for him, and he just kind of plateaus where he's a fine quarterback, but he's not really good, and then Caleb Williams or Drake May end up being these all-pro, one-of-the-best-quarterback-in-the-league-type guys. Uh, the Bears are truly in a no-win spot, where given their history and their track record of these moves, it probably won't work out for them in the end. Uh, also, just a wild stat where it was, and I wish I remembered the quarterbacks off the top of my head, but it was the top five QBs in passing yards, uh for the Bears since since 2000. And I think one is Cutler, two, I think two is Trubisky, three is Fields, and then there's like Rex Grossman and uh, someone else. Either way, the fact that Justin Fields is third on that list since 2000 uh, for a guy who hasn't been a great passer of the football since he's been into the league just shows you how bad the Bears have been as a... Honestly, as a franchise, if we're being honest, if it wasn't for that one Super Bowl, uh, that 85 Bears team, we would talk about the Bears like they were the Lions or the Browns. They don't even have a 4,000-yard passer in their history, and we'll, we'll talk about a Packers QB who just beat, basically, their franchise records. Uh, but yeah, so the Bears have some choices to make. This is, again, it's a good move, good win for team culture, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see if they pair Fields up with his old college receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. Apparently him and DJ Moore are also friends, or if they get the new quarterback and just kind of do a reset, go from there. Uh, Falcons on the other side, I mean, they just don't have a quarterback. They just flat out don't have an NFL quarterback on the roster. Taylor Heineke, awful in this one. 10 for 29, 163 yards, passing touchdown, three interceptions. Des Ritter came in, three of four, 17 yards and an interception. Uh, just not good whatsoever. Uh, 
their lone touchdown in the game came off a uh, 75-yard catch and run from Tyler Algier. That was it. This is this is a bad a bad Falcons team and a Falcons team that should be better. But honestly, if we really break it down team by team, and there's a lot of bad QB spots in the league right now, the Falcons might be number one. Like Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, like yeesh. Uh, and that's saying a lot because I mean, you look at the Patriots room with Zappy and Mac Jones. Uh, I think Mac Jones on the like on the Falcons team would just be slightly better. I look at like I mean Jacoby Brissett would be an instant upgrade and we talk about and I mean like the Panthers are another one where it's just awful. Bryce Young has looked like one of the worst quarterbacks in football. Still have some belief in him, but there was a point in the summer where Lamar was a free agent and teams could have made him an offer that obviously the Ravens could have matched, but the Ravens or the Falcons, a team like the Falcons could have made him an offer. And how good would this offense look? I honestly don't know because I don't know if Arthur Smith is just a flat out idiot or if he just simply doesn't have an NFL quarterback for him to use. Uh, I would like to think that Lamar would still look like Lamar and be an MVP candidate, and I'm sure he would. But the fact that so many teams decided to just pass him over instead of giving him a real shot is honestly flat-out embarrassing and embarrassing for the league that no one wanted to give him an offer that the Ravens at least probably could have matched. But bad bad franchises stay bad that way. Um, Yeah, we can move on from the Falcons. Next game up, Raiders 20, Colts 23. Uh... Raiders came back late in this one. Colts held them off. Uh, Gardner Minshew keeping the Colts in that playoff race. Uh, He was solid. 15 of 23, 224 yards. And a TD, the one TD going to Alec Pierce. Uh, Yeah, I talked about Shane Sykin a little bit earlier as one of those ex-OCs or ex-coordinators anyways from the Eagles. Yeah. and he's been fantastic. He was also the coordinator for the Chargers when uh, Justin Herbert's rookie year, where he Justin Herbert looked the best that he has in his rookie year. And then he goes to the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts looks phenomenal. Now he goes here. So I cannot see, cannot, cannot wait what uh, what Anthony Richardson looks like next year for this team. Um, yeah, the Colts, I mean... They got the playoffs on Saturday. We'll see if they can do it, but this has just been, I mean, it's been a very underrated team all year, and I i think I've mentioned where no one should be scared to play the Colts team, but you know that they're going to play you hard. You know that they're a well-coached team. You know that they have players. It's just kind of a matter of if. I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, yeah, like the Colts are just solid, and Solid average teams are hard to beat in this league. I mean, the Bills show it every week where they they would struggle with a team like the Colts if they were to play them in the first round, which might be a possibility potentially, which would be very, very funny if uh, if that happened. But um, yeah, I have faith. I don't know where, where I'm going, but either way, Colts, 
solid, good team. Really not much to talk about in terms of star power, but solid, solidly coached. Uh, Raiders on the other side. Maybe if you would have made Antonio Pierce the official head coach instead of interim coach still at this point, you'd get another coach bump and uh, you'd win. But um, this is just another team that needs a quarterback, and I think they're, they're just kind of like let Aiden O'Connell finish out the season. They don't want Jimmy G getting injured, so they can't cut him, kind of like the Russ situation. But And O'Connell was like, he was pretty good in this one, honestly. 30 of 47, 299 yards, two passing touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Adams had a huge game, 13 catches, 126 yards, two TDs. Uh, all for all for nothing, though. Uh, yeah, these are, I mean, two teams that are closer than closer than they think, but the Colts have obviously that X factor for next year where if Anthony Richardson is a specimen, is just kind of one of these supreme game-changing talents that we don't have a lot of right now in the NFL, uh, watch out for the Colts where the Raiders are going to try to find their guy next year, whether that be through the draft or through free agency. I'm not really sure. Maybe they bring in Joe Flacco. Who knows? Uh, we can keep going here on to the afternoon games now. Uh, Steelers at Seahawks. Steelers 30, Seahawks 23. Uh, that makes it now 20 straight seasons for the Steelers without a losing record. Uh, 17 for Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record in his career. Steelers culture, man. And it's wild that there are some Steelers fans that want Mike Tomlin's job and don't think that he is a very good coach because if you were to fire Mike Tomlin, there would be 25, that's probably too much, but there would be 20 other teams all banging on his door to be like, come coach our team instead. Um, Steelers win this one. I didn't think the Steelers were going to win this one. I thought this was going to be, okay, Mason Rudolph, you had your one nice start there where you just kind of threw the ball to George Pickens and he did the rest and... He did the exact same thing in this one. He threw the ball to George Pickens, and Pickens did the rest. Uh, yeah, Pickens went off in this one. He had seven catches, 131 yards. Uh, Rudolph, 18 of 24, 274 yards. Uh, yeah, the... Steelers did their thing, and Mason Rudolph has now taken Kenny Pickett's job. Kenny Pickett is good and healthy to come back next week, and Mike Tomlin's like, no, I'm good. We're going to start Mason Rudolph. I don't know if that's it for Kenny Pickett now. I guess we will see. Uh, but yeah, Mason Rudolph now has the highest passer rating for any quarterback with more than 50 attempts, which is scary, honestly. Uh, but yeah, Pickens is a dog and has... Did he? No, he didn't get 200. He was close to 200, but has over 300 and something yards in his last two games. He's been an animal. He's very good. I think right now on the season, he's at like 1,100 yards. He's averaging like 18, 18.7 a catch. Uh, get, him, get, him, get him a proper receiver. Get him a proper offense. And I believe that George Pickens can really blossom into a great receiver here. Uh 
The rushing game came alive, though, for the Seahawks, too. Najee Harris, 27 rushes, 122 yards, two touchdowns. Honestly, probably his the best game of his career so far. Jalen Warren also averaged 5.8, 75 yards, also had a touchdown. Uh, yeah, this was the Steelers game. They were up in this one early, and they kind of never let it, let them, uh, they never let the lead go away. Uh, Seahawks on the other side have an outside chance to make the playoffs next week, but uh, they've lost too many games now where I think that that's just kind of it for them. Um, Yeah, the defense just flat out did not show up. Like, you should be able to stop a Mason Rudolph-led Steelers team, but apparently not. The ball got ran all over them. Um, Yeah, sucks for the Seahawks. Sucks for them, I guess. I don't know. I thought that they would be better. They massively disappointed me this year, uh, and I think that we can just move on uh, onto a game where I have literally no notes for Chargers 9, Broncos 16. Um... There was one touchdown scored in this game by the Broncos. Jared Stidham, obviously the Broncos' new starter after Russell Wilson is benched for financial reasons. Yes, are they actually real financial reasons? They are, but is he also just not a great quarterback? No, he's not very good anymore. Uh, Stidham, not much better. Russ could have done the exact same thing. 20 of 32, 224 yards, one passing TD. Uh, They ran the ball... Fine, lone touchdown on the day came from Lil Jordan Humphrey. Uh, had a 54-yard catch and run, broke multiple tackles. It was a very, very good touchdown, actually. But uh, really, nothing no, nothing to talk about in this game. Like, the Broncos, congrats, you won a game that was meaningless against a bad team. Chargers, on the other hand, you lost to a team that isn't good and benched their starter. It's literally just a nothing, meaningless game. One of the first games I think that I've really talked about today where I have no, like, real notes for. Because even, like, the Bears-Falcons, I can talk about, oh, the Bears one seed. With the Panthers, I can talk about David Tepper being a fucking moron. But, um, yeah, this game, nothing. Nothing to talk about in this one. Uh, So let's just keep going here. Uh, next game up, Bengals 17, Chiefs 25. Looked like the Bengals were going to make this one interesting. Was uh, 17-13 going in at half, and then uh, since he got blanked in the second half, and that was enough. Um, but yeah, it's same old story for the Chiefs that it's been this year. Uh, lots of dropped passes. Isaiah Pacheco stomping his feet a million times to move five yards. Kelsey not playing his best. Uh, But I got a fun stat here for the Chiefs. So the Chiefs have dropped 40 passes so far on the season, which far and away leads the NFL right now. Uh, Legendary Cardinals wide receiver Larry Fitzgerald only had 29 drops in his entire 17-year career. 
So Larry Fitzgerald, 29 drops in 17 years, and the Chiefs wide receivers have 40 just on this season. It's sad. Uh, MVS had another massive dropped ball, and you could see Travis Kelsey visibly frustrated. Kelsey frustrated for obvious other reasons. Uh, only had three catches for 16 yards in this one. Uh, he He has not been the Travis Kelsey that we have seen over his entire career so far. And he's still having a very good relative season in terms of like his stats and stuff, but he has been banged up and he has been banged up since training camp. And I just don't think that he's ever really gotten healthy this entire season. Uh, and a lot of people want to put blame on a certain blonde lady. Uh, I will not be doing that because that is just rude to be like, she's the one that's, he's the re- or she's the reason why he's playing so poorly. Stop with that bullshit. We all know that Taylor Swift is not the reason why Travis Kelsey is playing so poorly. The man is old. The man is getting tired. The man is bruised and beaten. Uh, he needs a healthy offseason to just rest and relax and recover. And I don't think that... I think that now he has a better reason why he should step away because he has a lovely girlfriend, because he wants to get into the media more, and he doesn't want his body to just fully break down on him. So when he's older, uh, that's just kind of it for him. Um, Yeah, Uh, and I guess last thing for the Chiefs, but Rishi Rice has really... He's he's, he's emerged as their number one target. Five catches, 127 yards. He is great. Uh, And they need weapons. And I thought that once kind of one wide receiver fully emerged, it would be enough, but no, it's not enough because everyone else is actively sabotaging the team right now. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is fantastic, and he's just so fun to watch. So he had 18 carries for 130 yards, no touchdowns, but averaged 7.2 a carry. He is so fun to watch. He just runs so angry. Not an angry where like he craves contact and he's throwing his body around, but just... He just stomps. He doesn't run. He doesn't, like, sprint. Nah, the man stomps. The man puts every ounce of his being into carrying the football. Uh, I saw someone tweet out that Isaiah Pacheco runs like he runs like he bites people. Uh, don't really know what that means, but I wouldn't say it's completely inaccurate. Uh, if you haven't seen a clip of Isaiah Pacheco run... Go go look at clips of him run because he is just high and tight with the ball and just like just stomping his feet. It's very very funny. Um, yeah, Bengals on the other hand officially eliminated now. Uh, yeah, the second half they just literally couldn't do anything. The Chiefs adjusted to what they were doing, and that was that. Uh, the Jake Browning run has come to an end, obviously. Uh, they still have next week's game against the Browns, but it doesn't really matter. So, uh, we will move on. Final game here. Packers 33, Vikings 10. And Jordan Love has arrived. Jordan Love is a good quarterback in this league right now. Uh, I have been very impressed. I had no idea what to expect from him from the start of the season, and... It started off a little shaky for him, but it was shaky for everyone on this Packers offense, but they have found their stride, and he has been uh, 
fantastic so far. So, so far on the year, still one game left to play, but he has uh, 3,843 yards, 30 passing touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. Uh, The yards and passing touchdowns, Mark, would be the best in Bears franchise history. Bears franchise that has been around for a hundred and something years. Uh, that one season, Jordan Love's first season starting as a rookie would be better than any Bears QB in the history of their franchise. Uh, just a sad Bears sad, and it's an insult stat to the Bears and have that Packers rivalry, but it looks like the Packers have found their guy, and I am very interested to see what this offense looks like more next year because it looks like they have contributors on offense. Uh, Aaron Jones had another very good game, 20, 20 rushes, 120 yards, six a carry. Uh, Bo Melton, though, who is was a practice squad player for most of the season so far, though, but he got signed, and now he is on their active roster. Six catches, 105 yards, one TD. Uh, Jaden Reed, the rookie, has been phenomenal this year. Six catches, 89 yards, two TDs. Uh, he left the game with an injury in this one, but... They have, they got talented people that they will be using better next season. Everyone's going to be more comfortable and on the same page. Uh, obviously, the defense has some shit to figure out there, but um, this is a Packers team that I'm very excited to see what their offense, offensive progression looks like for next year, and Jordan Love's a big reason for it. Uh, I didn't think that I'd be saying that about Jordan Love, but like, huge credit to Jordan Love this year. Uh it's hard to go from a Hall of Fame quarterback to a Hall of Fame quarterback and fill those shoes, and it looks like he's doing it. Obviously, he has a long way to go before being mentioned in the same category as guys like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, but he's off to a very, very good start, that is for sure. Uh, Vikings, on the other hand, uh, gave the start to rookie Jaron Hall, and he just kind of let them down, and they were never in it from the start. Uh, Jaron Hall, 5 of 10, 67 yards, and interception. Then Nick Mullins comes in, 13 of 22, 113 yards, and a passing touchdown. Did not matter, though. Uh, yeah, this was it, it was an uphill battle from the literally very beginning for the Vikings, starting off 1-4 and four, and then kind of clawing their way back a little bit. Then Cousins gets hurt, and they're still, ah, maybe we have a chance, and ah, too many too many injuries, too many quarterback woes, uh, all for naught. And I'm still, I'm still very high on the Vikings going into next year, but they need a lot, a lot to go right, uh, that's for sure. But uh, this was not their game. This was the Packers game, and the Packers keep their playoff hopes alive. I think that they're they're in a playoff spot right now, the Packers, if I'm correct. I am correct, so they beat the Bears next week. They are in... God, the Saints better not make it, because there's a world... Who, 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 who do the Seahawks play here? Seahawks play the Cardinals, so who fucking knows, actually. But, yeah, if the Packers win, they're in... If the Seahawks win and the Packers lose, the Seahawks are in. If the Saints win and the Seahawks and Packers lose, they're in. A lot can happen. Uh, We will see, though. I would like to see Jordan Love in the playoffs. I think that that would be a fun storyline 
and maybe the Packers get some more of these offensive guys healthy, but uh, I guess we will see, and I guess that will do it for this episode. No real final thoughts. I am kind of in a bit of a sushi coma right now. I literally went to sushi with my friends at lunch. It was lovely to see them. And then immediately started recording because I got invited over to a rib dinner. And I don't know how hungry I'm going to be for ribs, but hungry enough because I have a little magical herb that makes me more hungry when I uh, take it. See if you can decipher that one. Ooh. Uh... That'll do it, though. That'll do it. If you have liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.